That's my next band. The glories of wiping your butt with sage. <laughs> Welcome to the Greens and Blues 14er podcast. This episode, Zach has some potty advice for all of us. I learn how to count and we dig into our packs and figure out the top 10 things that are essential on the mountain. So, Zach, why are we talking about gear? Well, as we all know, there's nothing hikers love more than gear, right? (laughs) And part of it's just the love of talking about stuff that you carry with you. But I observe a lot, and I'm sure everybody else that listens to this and hikes does too. Some people overpack, some Mm -hmm. people underpack. I've seen people climbing a 14er, hiking a 14er, or deep in the wilderness with a fanny pack. And like the the insultingly small water bottle. Mm -hmm. Some people wear the little vest. I tend to overpack. That's probably a like having been raised by a Boy Scout. I like to make sure that I've got everything I need just in case. Because the one time you need it is the time you're going to want it. So, and you never know when that's going to be. So a lot of the stuff we're going to talk about in a minute is stuff that you may never use. And my empty pack weight before I put stuff in there for the day, probably six or seven pounds. Mm-hmm. That's bu- that's just the stuff that's always lives in the pack. Yep. And before I put water and granola bars and that kind of stuff in it. So this is about being prepared for whatever a mountain or your own foolishness may throw at you that day. <laughs> and it's also just a window into kind of how we approach hiking. Yep. Agreed. So Eric, before we even start with what's in our pack, what kind of pack do you have? So I think I've had this pack for the whole time. I have an REI Venturi 30. So it's 30 liters, kind of basic, relatively lightweight. It's pretty sturdy. It's got only just a handful of pockets and uh, some pockets on the hip belt and just some basic features, but it's worked well for me. It's held up and I've had it on most 14ers that I've hiked. I have another smaller backpack from REI that I've used a few times just for maybe the easier hikes, but it's it's not as comfortable. It's not as sturdy. It doesn't hold as much stuff. So I think the Venturi 30 is the way that I've typically wanted to go. So, and how about you? This is my first opportunity to shill for a sponsorship here. I carry a Deuter Trail 30. So we both have 30 liter packs. And for guys our size, we're both about six feet tall. That's a really good size day pack. I've tried smaller than that. They always end up getting stuffy with the, as you guys will see, the list of stuff. I had formerly a Dana Designs pack that I adored, but then I I bought a Deuter baby carrier when my daughter was a toddler and carrying 40 pounds of child and stuff never felt so good in my life. (laughs) And after that, I was, I was like, I've got to get another Deuter pack. So those sneaky Germans got me to buy their backpacking pack, a baby pack and a day pack from, from the fine people at, at Deuter contact me. Why don't you have a sponsorship already? I'm shocked that you haven't sent in a picture, you and Cassia, you like on top of Humble, just rocking your pack. How come you aren't sponsored by them already? You know, my list of hiking accomplishments is is probably not enough to merit (laughs) the Deuter sponsorship, but Deuter, if you're listening, 
greensandbluespodcast at gmail.com. That's right. You know where to find us. So yeah, I like the Deuter pack. Uh, That being said, I tried on a ton of packs and this is what I would recommend to anyone listening to this that's looking for a pack. Go try on packs. And I know it looks nerdy, but bring in a sack full of stuff to your local gear shop, REI or, you know, mountains and rivers or whatever the case may be. And like load up a pack and see how it feels. Wander around the store. I brought in bags, uh, little Ziploc bags full of kitty litter. And I had about six or seven of them that totaled about 20 pounds. See how it would deal with like a real heavy, mushy load. And I dumped those into the packs and walked around and Gregory packs and Deuter packs came out on top for me. Those really felt good. They were comfortable. They breathed really well. So, you know, it may look goofy, but that's, that's my suggestion for getting a good pack fit. And they all fit differently because everybody's shaped differently. Wow. Zach plus kitty litter equals a good pack. That's my training regimen too. In the, uh, in the late spring, I load up my pack with my little bags of kitty litter wrapped in duct tape and I wander around my neighborhood and I'm sure I look like a goof, but gets hardens up the joints. I think Deuter would eat that up. That's another story. Well, just refresh your browser. It's going to happen. So. (laughs) So let's go through the list, Eric. In reverse order of importance, what do you think is, is, it's still important, but maybe a little less important? Yeah. Well, so I think we have kind of a top 10 list that you and I are are pretty well aligned on. Sounds like we've got a couple of honorable mentions that are worth a go as well. So, and one of them, this one cracks me up. Most of the gear lists that I've seen have recommended that you bring waterproof matches and Every time I've hiked a 13er or 14er, I've brought waterproof matches with me and I have never opened that thing. I brought it with me on backpacking trips and for there, it's obviously useful, but on a 14er, I don't have any use for waterproof matches, even though it's always in my pack. I'm the same way. I grew up, my, my father preached to me the the virtues of waterproof matches, the ones <laughs> with, that looks like a it looks like a tiki torch on the end. It's That's right. Thick. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's massive. Uh, yeah. When you light them, they like blow up. Yeah. It's like a flare. I've got a, I've got a little plastic cylinder with yep. those and mm-hmm. it lives in the top of my pack. I have never needed them, but again, you don't need them until you need them. And that one time you're going to need to start a fire. Your hands are cold. You've fallen into a Creek. Mm. You're lost and you need to stay warm for a night boy, those would be handy. And so it's a little bit of peace of mind and it's really doesn't weigh a lot. No, it's pretty light. So that is a good call. I, I suppose I'll stick with you and, and continue carrying them until the day that they run out on my backpacking trips and not the, on my 14er trips. The other honorable mention for me would be, well, you may have one too, but I don't care how much they weigh, but I will bring a child size package of baby wipes with me. And that is for obvious reasons. I have spent most of my life wiping my backside with clumps of grass, leaves. Sage is actually quite nice. <laughs> oh. But baby wipes are a revolution. I carry them. I, I don't care how much it adds to my pack, but I'm a true convert on that one. No, I mean, I carry Kleenex slash TP and and not a ton of it. So none of that weighs a whole lot. And again, that's another thing that's worth having 
you never know when you're going to need it, but when you do need it, you're going to be glad you have it. So there um, is nothing worse than hunting for something soft in the forest uh, and just finding pine needles. Yeah, that's a <laughs> that's another visual that <laughs> I think Deuter should have. But uh, in any case, I think the only other thing before we get into our our countdown here is I always carry one. I don't know if you do, but I know you try and avoid like the plague trying to get up before the sun does. So I always have a headlamp. I actually have a backup tiny little flashlight with me at all times as well in case the headlamp goes out. So in case we're in the forest kind of hiking before sunrise, you need some kind of light to kind of help guide your way in the initial approach. So I always have a headlamp. I don't know if you even, do you even own one? Oh, I have a, I have like three headlamps. I use them in camp. Yeah. There's another sponsorship there. (laughs) People at Petzl, you've heard the email. Here's the call. Yep. I have a really nice Petzl LED headlamp. This is kind of a running joke between Eric and I. I usually try not to hike in the dark. Most of the time, it's so that I remember the route. Wildlife encounters are a, a lot more common in the dark, too. I have spooked a moose before at at the wee hours of the morning, and that is somewhat uncomfortable. Pretty dangerous, um, yeah. Yeah, I may have needed those baby wipes. <laughs> so... I try to avoid that. I have for some big days on 13ers. I've I've gotten up and hiked in the dark a little yeah. bit. But yeah. so I do not carry that with me, but you may be kind of like the matches. You may have me rethinking this one. I may <laughs> need to my pack's already heavy enough, but but maybe that needs to go in there. Well, that's another discussion for another day. All right. Well, we've got our top 10. So let's kick it off. Number 10. Some kind of rain gear. I carry a kind of a flexi, really thin Coleman poncho that costs 25 cents. And that's a nice backup. But I have a Land's End rain jacket as well. And that thing has saved my tuchus several times when it starts raining, even hailing. So it's it fits around nicely. It's very lightweight, very compact. It kind of folds backwards into one of the pockets and you zip it up. And then it's a really compact, lightweight rain jacket it's got a hood so rain gear definitely is a good call absolutely and this is one where i i think a lot of people go out without rain gear they expect to be back early enough i've had clear weather forecasts though started out not a cloud in the sky and by 10 a.m you're five miles into a hike and you're surrounded by clouds and you're getting hailed on oh yeah so for me i carry i actually just bought a lovely black diamond rain jacket. Mm. My product testing for it was I went into the backyard, I put it on and I had my wife spray me with a hose. There you go. Kept me very dry. I got hailed on really hard this summer in it in the big blue wilderness, performed like a champ. That's my lighter weight jacket, probably weighs less than a pound. I also have rain pants that I carry, some Patagonia zip up rain pants. Those are good for easy on easy off because they've got side zips that go up all the way the the side of the leg Mm. if it's colder if i'm hiking in the spring or the fall or here in oklahoma in the winter i have a north face guide jacket and i can layer that with a fleece but yeah rain rain gear is essential best laid plans of mice and men you never know when you're going to get rained on or hailed on if you wear most like synthetic material hiking clothes they can absorb a little bit of moisture, but a good summer mountain downpour 
you're going to want some protection from that because it can be quite cold. And it also serves as a windbreaker when you get up to higher altitudes Mm -hmm. and you you face a lot of wind. Yep. Good call. Number nine is an emergency blanket. So you carry one of these. I actually don't. I've I've never had a, a blanket with me, but I've seen yours. It's it's lightweight and it's like the name says, it's for an emergency. So hopefully it's one of those things you never have to use, but when you feel like you need it, it would be good to have. Yeah, this is just something that lives at the bottom of my pack. The next few items are going to be kind of those things that just add to constant pack weight. But Mm -hmm. uh, I have an emergency blanket. We hear of stories of people getting lost, getting off trail, you roll an ankle and you need to stay warm for the night. And an emergency blanket combined with our hefty matches would be uh, an essential part of that. So I keep it for that. I should also say the next three items that we probably go through here are items that I keep around, not just for myself, but if I run into anyone in distress on the trail, it's stuff that I can use to help them kind of triage their own situation. So, and it weighs less than half a pound. It's they're quite light. They're foiled or pretty durable material. Yep. So I keep that. You can find them on Amazon for 20, 25 bucks. Hmm. Number eight. This is a good one. First aid kit. So I remember, and you can get any like one or two person first aid kit on you know Amazon or any gear store. That's what I've had. It's like you said, it lives in my pack. Mine typically has like band-aids, I think a, a tweezers, aspirin, stuff like that. So my first 14er was Long's Peak. Went up, went down. Somewhere in the boulder field, my hiking partner and I encountered a guy who had fallen and broken his arm. And so most people would have a hard time trying to help with that. My my buddy Travis had enough in his first aid kit that he was able to fashion a kind of a makeshift splint. And we kind of walked with him down until one of the park rangers could come up and meet with him. So after that, you know, again, most people carry a one to two person first aid kit. And Travis said... You know what, Eric? I carry a first aid kit that'll save a Boy Scout troop, not just one or two people. <laughs> and he was right. Like his his first aid kit was, was like a magic hat. He just kept pulling pulling things out of there. And so he was able to help this guy out. That's fantastic. That's a that's a good example of the kind of thing that I think of. If I'm in bad enough shape to need my own first aid kit, we might have some problems, but yep. it has basic stuff for wound care. I have bandages, there's sutures and a needle in mine, needle and thread. So if I need to sew something up, yep. antihistamines are kind of standard material. If you go into allergic shock, aspirin is standard in first aid kits. The few things that I add on, I keep a smushed up roll of duct tape mm. in my first aid kit to help make a splint. You take two twigs, two tree branches, duct tape, tape around a leg or an arm. If, if that's been broken, duct tape will work for that. Yep. I also keep a bottle of water purification tablets in mine. So Good those call. are the iodine tablets. Yep. I have run out of water more than oh, a yeah. few times and those have saved my bacon. So those are helpful. I always keep some Benadryl. I'm slightly allergic to yellow jacket and bee stings mm. and I just keep those around. And then the other one, I hope I don't get in trouble for this, but I do carry some some heavy-duty painkillers with me. I may have held on to a few after a dental procedure where I didn't need them. I don't know. We won't tell um, anyone. Yeah, they may be Percocets. 
and I've got about 10 of those. And if I am ever in big trouble, I hike solo a lot and those can alleviate my pain enough for me to get to a safe location. So I do hold on to those. Those are little extras that I put in there in addition to what you might get in a kind of standard first aid kit. Yep. That's a good call. And I guess the next one kind of lines up with that, right, Eric? Mm-hmm. Yep. Number seven, an emergency beacon or a locator device, or in my case, just a flare, <laughs> but something something you can use to alert people of where you are in case you really get in trouble. This uh, Eric's plan is is in the event of an emergency to to basically light a forest fire. Yeah, if SAR can't find the fire that I've started, then I was I just might as well go. I'm done. Yeah. No, well, at least you'll be warm. That's, um, that's true. Yeah. Won't need yeah, the matches. I, so this is just a matter of personal preference. I carry a personal locator beacon. I know Garmin inreaches are really, really popular and a lot of people carry them. I'm sure those are great. Those are a subscription service. I know you have to pay for the service throughout the year. I have a personal locator beacon that I carry that's not a subscription-based service. So I just bought it and I have to re-register it with the Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration every two years. Wow. Um, and it's got like a 20-year battery life on it. So it was more money up front. It was a couple hundred dollars. Hopefully you never have to use it. Again, this is something for me. Anyone that's hiked a lot of these 14ers would know it's hard to get cell phone reception in some some places. You know, closer to the front range, you might be okay. But we talked last episode about Uncompagre Peak. You get hurt in Uncompagre Wilderness, you're going to need a, a GPS base device, not one that has to talk to a cell phone tower. Yep. That's a good call. Number six, tracking poles. Yes. This is, this is a good call because I, my thought going into hiking 14ers many years ago was, oh, this is going to be like a walking stick and going up, it can be helpful for maybe a steep scree slope or something like that. But in general, trekking poles can really save your joints going down. I think you and I agree that that's probably where its best use is, is actually going down the mountain as opposed to up, even though going up, it can certainly be helpful as kind of extra leverage. Absolutely. I backpacked a lot as a kid and in my teens and twenties without trekking poles. And my knees now tell me that that was not wise. <laughs> so yeah, I hardly recommend trekking poles and in a pinch, you can use them as a break if you decide to glissade down a snowfield with our aforementioned snow pants or Ooh, rain pants. I like it. Well, yeah. and in your case too, you you can use them like a like a samurai sword when there's big forests of willows in front of us, and you got to kind of whip things back and forth to get out of the way. So they're a multi-use tool. They, they are, you and I carry adjustable ones. Um, yes, black diamond adjustable. Because sometimes you need more height on them and a steep mm -hmm. slope, like a steep grassy or scree slope. You may want to really extend those things out as far yep. as they go. And sometimes you just need them for walking. So Yep. Yep. And they're generally lightweight. They can hang off the back of your pack. So that's, they're definitely a good way to go. Number five, yeah. a map and compass, or in my case, a compass and a printout from 14ers.com on where you're going. <laughs> Either one I think can be super helpful for being on the on the mountain yeah i so before 14ers.com i used to carry heavy guidebooks 
I would carry up a, a full book and I'm so glad that I don't have to do that as much anymore. <laughs> For some people, again, they may rely on their, um, they may have an app on their phone, all trails or smart trails. They may have topographic maps uploaded into their phone and they can use their GPS. That's fine. I'm old school. I like a map and a compass. I carry the Trails Illustrated maps with me, which are pretty good topographic maps. They won't show, you know, if you've got a 20 foot cliff band, it's not going to show it because that's beyond the range of their topographic lines. But I carry a map and compass and it works for me. And it's a good analog way of hiking. If my phone battery dies, I'm not, I'm not lost. Yeah. So, and they're lightweight too. So it doesn't really add much to throw a map into your pack. Yeah. It just requires a little bit of literacy and education mm-hmm. on how to use map and compass and how to how to read those things. But if you've kind of overcome that hurdle, then I find it's just as effective as a phone and maybe a little bit more fail safe. Yep, for sure. Number four, a pocket knife. Always a good idea to have a pocket knife. I mean, I have a kind of a, a buck knife that has a few other tools that go with it. It's a little heavier, but I hardly use any of the tools that go with it, but a pocket knife itself is definitely helpful to have with you. I carry a, I guess I'm, man, I sound like an old man today. <laughs> carry a Swiss army knife. Yeah. Yeah. Got a few of those. Yep. Yep. I like the ones with obviously that have a standard blade on them, but a little all on it. And sometimes those carry tweezers on them too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I carry. They're good for cutting up lots of things like <laughs> duct tape or, or, or nectarine. Lunch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or lunch for that matter. Yep. So yeah, I, I used to carry a really heavy Leatherman and <laughs> I don't know why I did that. I don't know why I thought I would need a screwdriver with, you know, 14 different components to it yeah. up in the mountains, but thankfully I'm over that now. Yeah. Pretty specialized stuff, but yeah, not necessary. <laughs> so yeah. a little bit of overkill. Yeah. A little bit. All right. Number three super important hat or a do-rag of some kind and sun protection so when you're hiking a 14er much much higher than most of us live even if you live in colorado having good sunscreen a wide brim hat do-rag of some kind super important to have on the mountain so you don't get yourself burned absolutely i don't have much else to add to that one eric number two i love this one lunch or in my case just food so <laughs> Zach, you, you like to give me guff sometimes for uh, my trail mixes and my protein bars and that. And I, I can't hang with your your charcuterie board when you get to the summit because I, I, I get a little jealous. Well, to, to quote the honorable Dr. Jerry Roach in his uh, yes. 12 rules of mountaineering, commandment number one is never get separated from your lunch. That's key. Yep. Yeah. Big time. I live that. We'll probably have to talk about nutrition at some other point, but Mm. it's really hard to digest fats while you're moving quickly at altitude. So I tend to bring a lot of simple carbs like bananas Mm -hmm. and trail bars. And then if I get to a summit, I can consume a little bit of fat, try to put a little bit of long lasting energy into my body. So for me, that comes in the form of of salami and nuts. Yeah. So it's good parts of a charcuterie board. <laughs> I have brought a bottle of wine up to the to a summit once before. One of those little bottles. Yeah. That was not a good idea. Um, <laughs> and I tend to bring more food than I need because there have been a few times where I haven't and I've really been very hungry. And mm-hmm. that's one of the few things I'd rather not be 
on the top of a mountain. So yeah, I do bring lunch and I never try to get away from it. Yep, for sure. And, and number one, number one, I think most anyone that hikes in in the mountains will agree that number one is going to be water, something to carry water in, whether it's a bladder or water bottles. I think a bladder is worth its weight in gold because it's it can hold a lot of water. I typically carry somewhere between two and two and a half liters, come with a bite that can kind of just come out of your pack, make it really easy to get water. If you want a quick sip, you don't have to put your pack down, grab the bottle, open it up. You can just have it anytime. Obviously, staying hydrated on the mountain, especially in really dry Colorado, is going to be really important. So water is absolutely number one. Yeah. Don't leave home without it. Even if I like go on a little walk, I'm just going to carry in my hand a water bottle, right? Mm -hmm. I'm like you. I carry a bladder. That being said, I have gone through so many bladders. Mm. They develop leaks a little too easy. Yep, yep. So I always kind of associated with this, I always keep a little miniature water bottle, empty water bottle in my pack as a backup. Yeah. If my bladder is leaking, I can pour my water from my bladder into that. That's Um, a great call. Again, adds a little bit of weight, but but totally worth it. Yep. So yeah, I like to carry a a bladder and most new modern packs will have a bladder component that they fit it in. Exactly. Which makes it perfect to to carry. So Zach, now that we've covered our top 10 and such, are there any items that you've carried with you often or even just occasionally that you kind of wish you didn't have because they just weighed you down? Yeah, this is the regrets part of the episode. <laughs> I've mentioned before my Leatherman. I don't know why I decided to carry a multi-tool for a few years. Heavy guidebooks. The other thing is that we didn't mention that can be an essential item sometimes, but maybe not other times, is an ice axe. Mm, yep. There have been times needed an ice axe where I've been thankful that I've had one. There have been other times in the middle of the summer where I've hiked a peak and carried an ice axe, which is not a light implement, mm-hmm. and regretted it. <laughs> How about you, Eric? Anything that you've carried, you regret having carried? Yeah, I think pocket knife slash buck knife that I have. I I use the blade once in a blue moon, but other than that, the extra tools it comes with, I've I've never touched. So it's it's good to have the blade. It's good to have the knife. But other than that, there's really, there's no need to have something like that there. So that would be my big regret, I would say. I always leave extra space. My daughter loves rocks. Mm. I always leave extra space to haul a rock down with me. And there's a few times where I've, I've picked out a rock that I've regretted. Um, <laughs> they're particularly heavy. <laughs> Surprise, a rock is heavy. Uh, yeah, how about that, eh? Yeah, who knew? <laughs> so, yeah, I think that that's a nice review of kind of the essentials of what should go into a pack. Now, we're presuming day hiking here. You're backpacking, whole other ball of wax. Mm. For the kind of day hiking where you camp beforehand or you drive in and and bag a peak, I would say that that's pretty much, those are the essentials and anything else you want to bring on top of that is great, but I would think that those are the things that you need to bring along. Agreed. But what do you think? What essential pieces of gear did we miss? What's on your charcuterie board at the summit? Leave us a note at greensandblues at gmail.com and let us know. So Zachary, what do we have on our next episode? 
I think we're going to be talking about a peak that you just hiked, Eric, La Plata Peak. Ooh, that sounds like it's going to be a fun one. And you've hiked it a couple uh, decades ago? 25 years ago. Oh, there you go. So uh, we'll have very distinctive impressions of it. I think yours was the the hike of a mature hiker. And <laughs> mine was of a young man uh, attempting to prove himself against Ellingwood Ridge with a with another friend who was equally eager to do so. A few years in between, a couple different routes. So that'll be a fun review. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.